This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 290. In today's episode, a special treat for my photography students. A lot of you have been asking me to see if I could get this gentleman on the show. And thanks to a mutual friend of ours, Skip Cohen, we were able to connect. And today on the show, I am happy to announce we are doing an interview with the fabulous Dr. Larry Tiffenbrum the inventor of the platypod and the platyball. So let's get on over here and welcome him to the show. Hi, Liam. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the Liam Photography Podcast. It's an honor to be here and share my story with with all your all your followers. Absolutely. And we really, really appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule. I know being that you're a practicing doctor and doing the platypod thing, your time's extremely stretched then. If you would, uh, please go ahead and share with my listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into photography. Well, my story goes back uh, almost 50 years. Uh, I began my interest in photography at about age 15. Uh, somehow the bug just bit me and uh, I... Uh, you know, saved up. I got my first camera, which was, I don't know if you remember, a Konica T3. It was a film, 35 millimeter film camera. And uh, I had to, uh, it took me about six months to be able to get that camera. And in that time, I was reading just about every magazine. Oh gosh, these names, I don't know if they're, they're not around anymore. Peterson's Photographic, Popular Photography, Photo Magazine. I went along the time to seminars. Nikon used to have uh, a two-day, I think it's now just one day, a two-day seminar called the Nikon School. And that was in New York in a hotel, a day and a half of just nonstop teaching from master photographers. They used to have, we didn't have the computer screens. They had two slide projectors going with beautiful dissolving slides, teaching just about everything you needed to know to get started. During college, I took a uh, summer uh, course at the New School for Social Research at uh, for Social Studies at uh, in New York City, and that was a master darkroom photography course. So I learned uh, black and white darkroom techniques, and it has just proceeded from uh, since then. I've done it for the love of it. I've done some professional jobs as well, portraiture product photography, landscape. I'm kind of like a, a, a master, well, hopefully a master of all, but I'm not a master of nothing. But uh, I've enjoyed it uh, for many, many years. Oh, fantastic. And if it's, as long as it's okay with Larry, we'll go ahead and share his portfolio in the show notes so that my students can check it out. He has some absolutely beautiful images in his Smug Mug portfolio, some absolutely stunning work in there. So it sounds like you've been doing this a little bit longer than I have, although I do remember all of those photo magazines. So I guess I'm dating myself pretty badly as well. <laughs> um, as I do, do you miss the print, Liam? Yeah, yeah, sometimes I do, to be honest. 
although um to, to be truthful, I do still get the PPA, uh, Professional Photographers Monthly Magazine, in, in printed form. And uh, most of the time, I don't get around to reading the printed version. Um, sure. A lot of times, I end up skimming the electronic version on my iPad. But I do save them all because I love, you know, they have so many beautiful stories and images in them. I don't, there's no way I throw them out. So I catalog them all in a big file cabinet. Well, that that's great. It would be nice if somebody could could capture some of that stuff and put it up on the web so people so you know the kids could refer back because there was some great stuff in some of those magazines oh yeah well they do actually have archives of their magazine on the ppa website i'm not sure how many years back they go but i know it's quite a few um so if you have student members uh they do give a discount of course to student photographers so you can get a much cheaper membership rate than i can currently get now as a regular photographer um, right. And then they can get access to all the a lot of the back issues in electronic format. They can even download them at either uh, I think it's PB. They can get them in PDF or I think EPUB. Either one, so that you can read them on most uh, tablets and e-readers and, and stuff like. And that. Liam, speaking of PPA, if for your students, let's give a little pitch over to Imaging USA, which is now I believe the number one in-person photography conference. It's going to be in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, in January. And I would encourage students, I, I think they have student uh, pricing there. It's a fantastic conference. It's a way to get to meet the pros. Uh, it's a, a great way to get to learn skills that you can use for professional photography. So uh, I think all your students should look into that as well, becoming student PPA members and trying to attend Imaging USA uh, at least once, if not once a year. It's a great conference. Oh, absolutely. I always recommend that. I've actually, when I was living in Atlanta, had gone to PPA or the Imaging USA several times and actually uh, did volunteer work with the show to help out. Um, and if you're a student member of PPA, you can actually get a free pass uh, to participate in the imaging show. And you can go and walk around the floor and check out all the booths and the presentations and everything for free if you're a student member, which is fantastic. Nice. Now, so we, we usually attend as uh, as uh, sponsors and uh, and uh, uh, with an exhibit. Sadly, this year, due to, a, due to an illness in the family, we're going to bow out. But we, we should be back next year in, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So we'll hopefully get to see everybody uh, the, for uh, 2024. Oh, that'll be awesome. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's move on and talk about the Platypod, which was your very first invention. And I got to hand it to you. This thing is phenomenal. And I started to tell you the other day when we had our first phone conversation, um, it's a time that you came out with the Platypod. I was starting work on my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia project, which is documenting abandoned small business buildings throughout all the counties in Georgia. And mm -hmm. I was using a Gitzo tripod that I had at the time. And I had one of the models. I can't remember off the top of my head what model it was. I don't have it now. But it, I could remove the center column. And then I could adjust it down fairly close to the ground, but I still just wasn't getting what I wanted because I was trying to get unique perspectives of the buildings. I wanted to get different, you know, a different perspective than everybody else shoots from. I didn't want to shoot at eye level or hip level or anything like that. And that's when I stumbled upon the platypod and I was blown away by this idea. So if you would, let's go there now. 
Well, stumbled is a great word because this was never really part of my life plan. <laughs> I kind of stumbled into it myself. But and, and you know what, Liam? I love tripods. I own, I don't know, four or five of them. I use them a lot for studio work. But there's issues with regular tripods that need a uh, little help, a little uh, accessory. And what happened was it started with a trip to Bryce Canyon oh, almost eight years ago or so. Uh, my wife and I went. We went hiking down the Navajo Trail a thousand feet down into the canyon. And I had along with me my travel tripod. Now, in those days, a travel tripod weighed about five or six pounds. I hooked it up so that it could kind of hang off my belt. I really didn't want to take one of those twisty bendy tripods with me. I won't I won't mention the name because it would take up the space of a telephoto lens in my camera bag. And I'm sure you feel as I do that every cubic inch of your camera bag is absolutely precious. You want to be able to have as much equipment there avail as available as possible so that you can get the shot that you want because you don't always know in advance what you're going to need. So, yes, I took the trip into the uh, canyon. Climbing back up was difficult. I ended up with a little bit of a cardiac condition, which thank goodness is doing fine now. But <laughs> I said, this has got to change. And when I started looking for a flat tripod that I could slip into my bag that would be heavy duty, and I was sure somebody made must have made one, I looked through uh, the B&H photo site and there were maybe 250 different compact and uh, travel tripods. Nothing fit the description of what I wanted. So I tried jerry-rigging some things, and it worked okay, but not great. I tried rice bags, sandbags, things like that. Didn't look, didn't work out well. And then one night I came up with this idea of just wedging a bolt flat-bottomed right into a metal plate, trying to keep the plate as thin as possible, drew up the plan, took it over to a friend and neighbor of mine who's in the metals business. And we came up with this idea of a flat tripod base onto which you could screw any tripod ball head for heavy duty use. So I'm not talking about little pocket cameras. I'm talking about putting a 500 millimeter F5.6 lens on this with a heavy DSLR. Uh, so trying to think of names, flat foot, came to mind, flat tripod base. And with my background in medicine, a little knowledge of some Latin and, and Greek roots, platy means uh, flat, pod means, or podos means foot, flat foot, that describes it pretty well. And it's reminiscent of the platypus, the duckbill platypus, which is a sort of multi-species um, uh, animal. Uh, it's, it's hard to actually classify what the class is in. Uh, so it has so, some features of a beaver, some features of a duck. And we shaped the platypod a little bit with a rounded front to remind you of the, uh, of the bill of the duck bill platypus. And hence, the platypod was born. <laughs> and it's an ingenious design. I am. I was absolutely blown away the first time I saw it online and saw pictures of what it looked like. I was like, "Oh my God, this is absolutely what I've been looking for." Yet it's so simple. Buildings. Yeah, exactly. It's such a simple principle, 
But, you know, what we what we wanted to achieve, A, is something you could slip into a pocket of your tripod or just of your camera bag or just hang off your camera bag or belt or purse. And it would not take up the space of a set of tripod legs. And I think I think Platypod achieved that very well. Oh, and absolutely. it's gone through several iterations and all that until what you see currently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you had uh, you had two models of the Platypod originally. You had the what was it? The Ultra and the Max. So, oh, even before that, there was one called the Platypod Pro, uh, which which was even simpler uh, uh, than that. But but we listened to our customer base and people were asking for more. They wanted ways to strap belts onto this, to hook carabiners bungee cords onto it to be able to mount other devices. And so that kind of blossomed. Yeah, absolutely. And now, I mean, you not only have the carabiner capability, the bungee cord capability, you've got removable feet. So if you need to set it in the earth to get it stabilized, you can do that. You've got the uh, the uh, flexible arm attachments. So you can put loom cubes on there for lighting. So if you're doing macro photography, you've got that. I mean, you guys... With, with talking to the photographic community, you guys have covered a lot of bases with this simple tripod that does a fantastic job of just getting the job done. So the big question is why? Why do you need this? Why not just if you want to just carry a tripod? Well, first of all, obviously, this, the compactness, the simplicity, they're not having to, to carry. But there are other issues. If you're going out on vacation and you want to go to museums, churches, synagogues, uh, libraries, public parks. There are so many places where the, the hashtag tripod police are around and there are signs of no tripods allowed for what they claim are two reasons. Number one, they may not want professionals shooting. And if you're using a tripod, you must be a professional. That's bad. So that's one issue. The other they claim is a tripping issue, which actually may be an issue, especially in a tight space in a restaurant or something like that. So platypods don't get turned away. I think in all my seven years of running platypod, we've heard maybe two people who were turned away for using a, uh, a platypod. Usually the guards will come up, look at it and say, OK, go have some fun. And that's it. Whereas if you take out a tripod, you're out of there fast. So that's one problem it solves. The other problem, as you mentioned, is getting into really low angles, really tight spaces, being able to screw it onto walls or boards or ceilings or basketball poles, telephone poles, light poles, and if you want to do long time lapse. So there's a lot of uses. And if people want to see kind of the things we can do, if you go to platypod.com, just click on blog. We put out two blogs a week and just scroll through there. Uh, we've got a, over 100 blogs a year. There are different ideas of how uh, you can use this and just have it around for when the situation shows up. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of being able to get away with using the platypod in places that generally ban tripods, you're absolutely right. When I lived in Georgia, I took mine to several places that ban tripods. And when I would show it to security, I'd be like, that's just a base plate. And they'd be like, oh, well, cool. Rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. 
So I got away with a lot of that down there. Um, okay, so let's um, let's move on and uh, talk about some of the ways that you can utilize the Platypod. I know uh, not it's not just for DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. It can be used with smartphones, GoPros. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. So essentially, the Platypod has on it, first of all, it's a flat plate, about five millimeters thick, aircraft-grade aluminum. You can't bend it. It'll support as much weight as you can throw at it. Mounted right through the plate, screwed right into it, then then welded into place. In fact, you feel the bottom of the plate. You feel nothing. It's absolutely flat. So the screw is, is in there. It's made out of titanium, so there's no way it's going to break or anything. You just can put on any uh, tripod head on there that's got a 3 8 inch socket, which is pretty much all of them. And if you have a device with a one quarter inch socket, we have a disc adapter, which will dumb down the three eighth inch to quarter inch. Now, I don't know if you know this, or you probably do. There are two photographic bolts, internationally recognized photo photographic bolts. One is the quarter inch dash 20. That 20 means 20 threads per inch and a 3 8 inch dash 16, 16 threads per inch. That's it. Every single camera put out there has that same one quarter 20 socket and almost every tripod head that's worth something uh, will have the 3 8 inch socket. So now Platypod adapts to all of those. If you wanna mount lights, microphones, uh, monitors, other devices, we have several quarter inch threaded sockets all around the plate, so we can adapt those on. How do you do that? Well, we offer, it's, it's an ecosystem that we have, so to speak. We offer goosenecks that will allow you to attach very lightweight objects like cube lights and very light lights and uh, small microphones and things. We also have an elbow accessory that with one twist of one knob, will loosen up three joints and two collar rings so that you can then adapt items that are up to five pounds. So especially for monitors and uh, I don't know if uh, a lot of your students are doing vlogging and using things like uh, the Atomos Ninja, which is a which is an HDMI recorder and monitor. You could put this on right next to there. You could mount iPhones. You can mount uh, iPads onto here with adapters that are uh, readily available. So there's just so many ideas. So we're great when you wanna do macro photography, you just mount, take the platypod, mount a ball head, either one of our ball heads or your own, put your camera on there. Then you attach the goosenecks, you can attach the, el the elbow onto there, and now you can put on your lights, whatever else that you need on there, your monitors or your phone as a monitor, and just glide it around a table, do macro photography, product photography, food photography, and a big new genre for students who want to learn about lighting and about and about how to do studio setups. Toy photography has become a big wave now, and uh, people are having loads of fun and doing amazing stuff using environmental uh, elements such as uh, spray-on smoke, sparklers, fire, water spray, uh, using air compressors to blow around dust and rocks. And you should look up, you know, online 
of what people are doing in, in toy photography. And this is such a great tool uh, for that kind of work. Oh, absolutely. And I don't remember uh, his name off the top of my head, but I know there's a guy uh, they recently had on the B&H Photography Podcast that does toy photography. And his work is just amazing. He'll take like Star Wars action figures and pose them and shoot them with backdrops that he created. And his final photographs look like a scene right from a movie. And it's just crazy. Um, there was another guy I read about uh, a few years ago that actually takes model automobiles, like the old Ertl models and stuff like that. And, sure. he, and he creates replica streets um, out of other materials. And he will put the car on this replica section of street and then set it up on a table at the right angle and then position his camera the right way so that when he shoots his final photograph, uh, a 1956 uh, Chevy, nomad looks like it's parked in front of a house in new jersey and absolutely <laughs> it's just ridiculously amazing and cool some of the creative stuff that people are doing in photography and well for those of you who are getting photoshop user magazine if you look about page 130 there's a great article from dave de bear maker toy photographer and dave williams who's a travel photographer where they combine forces uh Dave number one took a picture of Gandalf from the um, from the Lord of the Rings series, a toy model, and superimposed it on an old German castle with a with a, a cobblestone road in front of it from Dave Williams imagery, blended it in, put in drop shadows. It looks like he is standing there. The realism is unbelievable. People are having fun. People are getting very creative. You know, winter's coming in the northern hemisphere. And if you just want to be indoors and practice your photography and actually do some really interesting work, this is a, you know, th these are some great ideas to look at. And again, uh, go to go to the blog portion of platypod.com and you will see some of these ideas, uh, you know, in action. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So and basically, from the looks of the the way you guys currently have the platypod, you guys have added so many places that you can attach additional items. That you can basically turn the platypod into a portable production rig, more or less. I mean, there's so many different pieces that you can add to this thing instead of just your camera, that you can accomplish an incredible amount of stuff in such a compact, small amount of space. Right. So in the, in the grip industry, they call that a cheese plate. And we're kind of a takeoff on that, but a little bit more because we've got belt loops uh, in there, both open and closed loops. Now you can strap it on to things again, for, for, especially for time lapse. You know, you don't want to put a camera outdoors for time lapse and have some, you know, child or, or animal, you know, come and bump into it and ruin your time lapse. You strap it onto a tree, especially high up, you take a, a chair or a ladder, mount it high up with a strap around the tree and then go do your time lapse from there. Just, you know, sit on a bench uh, just just around there so nobody steals your equipment and you can just do some amazing work like that. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, when it comes to something like that, you can easily go out to a local store and pick up some of those narrow ratchet straps and you could strap it to a tree with that. So, you know, it's going to be locked down nice and secure and it's not going to move or settle or slide or anything Correct. like that. 
and you're going to be like, by the way, you can do the ratchet strap around the hood of a car. Also, if you have a 15 foot piece, we do have a a 36 inch strap that comes with our multi accessory kit. And it's a a very minor add on to the price of a a platypod extreme uh, to to have that kit. We've got a Black Friday special uh, on that as well, if people want to look that up. But uh, you can take that scrap strap that will get you around any average telephone pole, light pole, uh, anything that's uh, up to about uh, nine or 10 inches diameter. Oh, fantastic. Now, I can see with the with the way it's set up that this has also got to be a fantastic rig for astrophotography. Oh, for sure. And uh, my friend Bob Coates out in Sedona, Arizona, is doing this all the time doing light trail images, uh, doing uh, Milky Way photography images. Because one nice thing about the desert, you could put it right on the ground. You can always find a rock. And because we have uh, these little spikes that are uh, part of the platypod extreme on hinges and can be screwed into the platypod ultra, our smaller version uh, with, with the same kind of spikes, now you can put it on rocks and it won't slip and it can be leveled off very nicely. And our spikes are pretty sharp. They will grip very, very well. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely are. I love the spikes. And I love that you guys came out with the new design of the Extreme with the hinging spikes. I just, matter of fact, mine just arrived today. <laughs> I ordered one this week. So now I've got... So let me explain that a little yep, bit. Our, our original Platypod models, uh, Ultra and Max, Max has been since discontinued, although you can still catch a few of them. I think BNH still has a few uh, a few of them left over. Uh, but the issue with that was if you use the spikes a lot, setting them up every time, leveling them each time, that would take about a minute and a half, two minutes. So what we did with the new Platypod Extreme was we specially designed custom hinges. Nobody else has hinges like this that will set up into about five different positions so that within three seconds, and I've demonstrated this, you can just pull, twist, click back into place. You get a nice solid hold and position the platypod. We had Dave Williams up in Iceland who positioned this on an ice wall, angled about 40 degrees or so, and it was able to grip the ice wall like bear claws. Uh, like with no problem whatsoever because it just dug into the ice a little bit and and it held really, really nicely. But the speed of it is what's great. And I can slip this into my pants pockets. I mean, I wear kind of, I don't wear, you know, real tight pants, but I can easily put them into my pants pocket or you can just hang it off a bag. And again, it just doesn't take up space, which will mess you up for, you know, storage of the equipment, other equipment that you need. Absolutely. And as you mentioned earlier, that's that's always a premium with me when I go out on a on a shoot and I'm going out on location space is a premium. So that is the other huge factor for me with loving my platypods is the fact that I can just clip them to the outside of a camera backpack or whatever the case is and let it hang with a carabiner and it's there, but it's out of the way. Super light, but super durable. For sure. Always well, if you're a hiker and photographer, this is essential. This yeah. is really essential for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else do you want to talk, uh, uh, touch on today? Uh, I know you gave me some bullet points that you wanted to talk about the other day. So let's go ahead and continue. Well, so this this is a premium product, but I think the story of the product is is probably just as interesting as the product itself. 
and that is Platable. Now, this might be a little bit out of the reach for, for some of your students, but maybe something to aspire to one day. And I wish I could price it a little bit lower, but the production costs on this were incredible. So it's been my desire ever since I started the Platypod business to come out with my ball, my own ball head, which would solve a number of issues that are out there with tripod ball heads. Now, if you look around, most tripod ball heads, 95% of them look like the rest of them. They, they act the same way. They'll have two or three knobs on them, one for uh, locking and, lo and unlocking the ball, one for setting tension, the base tension of the ball, and a third knob to control the panning base of the ball. Those knobs kind of bothered me because they protrude when you're in a rush to loosen, unloosen, you find yourself trying to unlock the ball and you end up reaching for the tension knob instead or the panning knob. And especially I do a lot of uh, shots, group shots with children. When you set up little kids for a photo shoot, you got about 90 seconds to get your shot before the two and three year olds become unruly, exactly. impossible and beginning to cry. So you've got to work fast. You cannot be fiddling with things. That's a real issue, not a theoretical one. Number one. The other problem with these protruding knobs is when, when you stick them into your camera bag, they push out space, which is unfillable. Number one. Number two, if you have other equipment near them, you risk damage to your other equipment, especially for your audience, never pack a ball head next to an electronic flash. It will crack the flash. It'll push right into it. It'll crack it. So you don't want to have protruding knobs. That was that was the second issue that I had. Third issue that I had was that with a panning with a standard panning head where the panning function is at the bottom of the ball, you must have that panning bottom level before you start panning. To do that, when you have it mounted on a tripod or even a platypod, you've got to level the base first so your pan will become smooth. And if you don't understand that, just try it out yourself. Set out a, a set of tripod legs very uneven so that the top of the tripod without the head is facing upward, downward, whichever direction. Now mount a ball head onto there and try to pan, you're gonna find that your telephoto lens goes up and down in an arc, sometimes pointing up at the sky, sometimes pointing down at the ground. So I wanted to get rid of that issue of having to level the legs each time, because you can't do that on the head itself. So what we did was we flipped it upside down. Now we put the panning function at the top. Now there's a few ball heads in the world that are made like this, they are even more expensive than ours, um, and I won't say anything bad about them. It's, it's a good idea, and that's why we adopted uh, that. So we put the panning at the top. Okay, now, even when the base is not level, even when the tripod legs or platypod is not level, once you level the top, and we make that very easy to do, I'll explain that in a minute. Once you level the top, your panning is dead level all the way through. So another problem that we wanted to solve. Yet another one is the level itself. Now, if you look at uh, the finer tripod heads, the bubble level on the tripod head is right at the top of the head. When you put a camera on it, in most cases, either the camera's covering the bubble or the lens is covering the bubble 
or you have the camera up high on a tripod and you cannot look straight down onto the bubble or it's nighttime and you can't see it. So the bubble level is generally unavailable. Absolutely useless. So what what we did with Platyball was I set out to have an electronic level that's right on the back of the Platyball that could be seen from any angle, daytime, nighttime, and as you flip it to the side or down or up, it can reset itself in six different positions. Now we have the first patented LED leveling indicator in the world, and right now the only one, and it works unbelievably well. I've only one, I've never had one break. I had one come to a customer dead on arrival. We sent them out another module for the level and he was able to pop it right in and it worked fine. But that's out of about three and a half thousand units. These are very, very reliable and it operates on a simple um, A23 battery. It's about uh, half the size of a, a AAA battery. They're cheap. They cost about 50 cents a piece and uh, very easily available at any pharmacy, Home Depot, or online. And uh, so you don't have to charge this up. You keep a few spare batteries if you need it, and it works great. Absolutely. So the last, so what did we do with the, with the knobs? We got rid of the knobs, and we made a push-button system. So you have two very large buttons in the front. You don't have to go searching for them. As you grab the platyball with your left hand, your right hand is on the shutter of your camera. You grab this with your left hand, your index or middle finger immediately fall onto the upper button, which is the locking button. Your middle or ring finger falls onto the bottom button, which is the unlocking button. And your thumb falls onto a locking wheel, which really hardly protrudes at all, which you just slide forward or back as a lever and it will lock or unlock the panning head. The clamp, which is compatible with any Arca-type plate, I'm assuming your followers know what an Arca plate is. If not, it's just a universal um, shape for a quick-release base plate for a camera. You just put the base plate on your camera and then pop it into platable or most uh, quick-release uh, clamps on ball heads. You twist the little collar around it, locks it into place, you're ready to shoot. It is so fast, so easy. After using it a few times, it becomes intuitive. You don't have to think about where the knobs are. Everything is ergonomically where your fingers want to be. And that's my story of the Platyball in, well, more than a nutshell, but uh, I'll, I'll pause for any comments here for you, from you. Well, again, you blew my mind when I first saw the Platyball because as you said, Big issue with the knob sticking out. I never, ever, ever put my ball head in the bag with the rest of my gear. I generally leave it on top of my tripod all the time and just load it in the back of my vehicle with still on the tripod or on my monopod or whatever I'm using. That's where I leave it all the time because I know those knobs are going to smash or dig something up or whatever the case may be. Or like you said, they get snagged on stuff when you're putting them in and out of the bag. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. So I never do that. But when I saw the Platyball, I was like, oh, this is absolutely revolutionary because of the fact, exactly like you said, you reversed everything. Because I've had so many friends that are photographers that love to do panorama landscapes. 
And that was the thing I would hear from them all the time. It's such a pain in the butt because I have to make sure that the ball head is, or the whole tripod is perfectly level before I start my pano or everything comes out and jinked up. Right. So I've got to deal right. with all of that. And then of and there's course, a little bit that you can correct in, in Lightroom or Photoshop, but if you're way off, yep. uh, it's not good. And when you're going out in Sedona or, or Grand Canyon or Bryce, where you the, the horizon is a jaggedy mountain, you can't really see where it is. And some people will say, you know, I have a level in my camera. I'm happy to use that. Well, that's fine. We have a model without the level. It's called a platable ergo, the one with the level is called Platable Elite. And you can save about $85, $86 by getting uh, the Ergo. And we respect that as well. Absolutely. And I, I love that you offer both. I think that's an absolutely ingenious idea. Um, but like you were talking about, the biggest thing that always frustrated me with other ball heads is the level, if it has one, is always hidden. It's right. like, what is the point of putting it on the ball head if the minute I pop my camera on, I can't see the darn thing anymore? And, and then people are like, oh, well, you can get the, the bubble levels that go in your hot shoe. It's like, yeah, but if I have my if I have my 70 inch tripod at full height so I can look through my viewfinder. Well, guess what? Now everything's up too tall for me to be able to look down and see the bubble level because it's up above. It's too high up for me to look down on it. So that's useless. I absolutely love that. And that's the one I got was the Platyball Elite. I'm getting ready to do a, a YouTube video review on it for my YouTube channel soon. And I absolutely love And the funny thing is, I think your design is a no-brainer as far as how you laid out all the controls, how everything works, to me, is an absolute no-brainer. I had it figured out within seconds, literally, of having it out of the box without watching it, any what wasn't a, What wasn't a no-brainer was, <laughs> was doing the engineering work. This took about five years to develop. Our engineer, in fact, uh, his former job was designing gear systems for amusement park rides. So we have a very, uh, in, very interesting gear system in this. Although the, the, uh, the level is electronic, that is totally isolated from the rest of the unit. The rest of the unit is mechanical. So Batteries or no batteries, this is going to work. And we've tested it down to 40 degrees below zero and up to 170 degrees. It will handle conditions. The silicone greases that we use inside there are good for about 150,000 presses. We estimate that to be about a 50-year life for the average photographer. So that'll wow. carry. Did you notice the, the, the little uh, round accessory that came in the, that came in the box of the platable? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. So if you know me by now, I like thinking out of the box. There's a gazillion ARCA compatible quick release plates out there. And the one thing they have uh, in common is they are all rectangular, maybe square, but they're all rectangular. And I said, what if we did a round one then maybe I could get rid of the uh, of the D-ring that's underneath there that you need to screw in. Or some of them don't even come with a D-ring. You need to use an Allen wrench to mount it onto your camera. Now, if I do this round, you could spin this onto your camera with no tools whatsoever. And hey, if I get rid of that little, uh, little D-ring, I've got room to put an adapter onto there that's a three eighth inch. So now that same quick release disc can also be used as an adapter to spin onto the platypod itself to dumb down the three eighth inch, as we said before, down to a quarter inch. 
So that's an interesting little uh, addition there. And hey, I'll put a bubble level on this, not for your camera. And, I, and some people have gotten that confused that, hey, you just talked about bubble levels that being invisible. You put this thing under my camera, I can't see it. That's not what it's there for. But some people have asked for us for a level on the extreme, especially for some astrophotography uses where your camera's pitched up. You may want to level the base as well. So this, you spin it on, it takes two seconds to spin it onto a platypod. You can level it using the disc, and then you can take it off. And uh, we now have a, an amazing Black Friday special, three discs for $39. It's talk about no brainers. Uh, you know, I'm keeping this on under my uh, iPhone holders, iPad holders, on my cameras, on all kinds of uh, all kinds of gear. Uh, they're a great little tool to have. Oh, absolutely. And I've been get doing, one, I, get I've been one free some, with a platypus. <laughs> and I've been doing some shopping on your site this past week because I got the Platyball Elite. I got the three pack of extra discs and I got the plat uh, Platypod Extreme all this past And you week. actually bought and paid for it. We did, <laughs> yep. we did not send exactly. you. So this was unsponsored. I hope exactly. your audience is, knows. Yes, this is uh, completely unsponsored. I just sincerely believe in your products because they are fantastic and they, they fit a massive need in my personal photography. Absolutely. Um, and that was one of the things I loved about your round plate was just like you said, I was like, oh my God, I just screw it on the bottom of my camera. I don't have to mess with the D-ring. I don't have to use a quarter. Um, one of one of my accessories uh, setups that I have, or, or rigs, I should say, that I absolutely love is my Spider Pro holster system. Mm -hmm. I love to have this, and I love to be able to wear one of my X-T4s on each hip and have a third one in my hands if I need to. I, I shoot that way a lot when I do motorsports, when I used to do NASCAR especially because each body would have a different lens on it. And I didn't want to switch lenses in the field. Um, I love that. The only thing that is a pain is having to put those plates on using an Allen wrench. The nice thing is, is they did modify their plates so that they have a spring-loaded compartment where the Allen wrench locks into the plate for storage. And so it's right. always handy and always there. But the first time I saw the round plate for my platyball, I was like, oh, this is so perfect. You just twist just hand screw it into the base of your camera and you're done it's absolutely awesome so i bought a three pack of extra ones and i didn't need that many but i figured why not um i put i have you're one. gonna you're gonna use every one of them yeah i will eventually absolutely now for my two xt4s i needed them i had the one that came with the platyball elite which was already on one xt4 and i put one of my three pack on the other xt4 they both have battery grips on them but the other two cameras i have are the gfx 50r medium format and my xe4 that are both rangefinder style which i love that body style of camera but b and i have big hands I like to have a type of ear on the side of the camera that's a hand grip, you know, so I can hold on to the camera mm -hmm. better. Sure. So on both of those bodies, I already had a hand grip L bracket system on each one that was already Arca Swiss. So those already work with the Platyball perfectly. Right. Sure. Um, so right now I have two spare Platyball discs, but as soon as I got the pack, I was like, well, technically I don't have two spares because I already know I'm going to use at least one, if not both of them with my GoPro stuff because I've got three Well, Liam, GoPros. let me ask you, what do you <laughs> what do you use to mount your iPhone or your smartphone onto a tripod with? Well, right now I have a, I have a real strong um 
clamp mount system that I bought you a few years back that uh, mm-hmm. that will screw directly into the top of my tripod. Um, uh, what's what is the base on that quarter a quarter twenty or three eighth inch? Uh, it's three eighth inch. It'll, it'll go right on top of the tripod in place of any kind of tripod head if I wanted to. Okay, because if it if it also has a three a one quarter inch or as most of them we have one on our website from Square Jellyfish that has a one quarter inch, you could spin the disc right onto there. And interestingly, you can then put your phone directly onto the platypod using the uh, platypod disc. You don't even have to have a ball head. It's a good idea to have one anyway uh, because you you can position it better. But if you're going to hold it basically level, uh, you could you could get it right onto the uh, platypod just using the disc. Yeah. Well, actually, I've I've been thinking about getting your your smartphone mount anyways because I could always use a new one. The one I have now I've had for a few years, so it's getting kind of beat up. So. <laughs> well, probably, to give credit, the, the art the mount is made by another company called Square Jellyfish, but. You know what? I promote what I like to use to my, myself, and I've been using square jellyfish mounts because they're so compact, they're so easy to use, and so reliable. Uh, I've been using them for years and years, and these last a long, long time. Uh, and I, the smartphone mount will hold not only – I use the – I have the uh, a 13 Pro uh, iPhone. My wife has an 11 Max uh, with a big OtterBox case on it, and this will hold even that one as well. So it's a, it's a nice combination. We do offer for for beginners who want to do iPhone photography, we have something called the Ultra Compact Smartphone Bundle, which includes a Platypod Ultra and a little small ball head and uh, a square jellyfish mount all for $75 uh, on sale. That's uh, $24 saving. So that's a nice way to get into the Platypod system if you're just doing iPhone photography, which is becoming super popular. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, one of the things I was going to touch on a little bit ago when I was talking about all of your controls on the Platypod, and I thought they were totally intuitive. I had it figured out pretty quickly, is our mutual friend Skip Cohen called me the other day um, uh, cause he saw I'd ordered the, the platyball elite. He called me about it and he said, do me a favor. He says, if you haven't already scan the QR code that came in the box with your platyball and make mm-hmm. sure you watch that video. Yes. And I'm like, well, I didn't do that, but why do I need to do that? And he's like, we like to make sure that everybody understands how all the controls work on the platyball. And I said, well, I had it figured out in a few seconds. He goes, well, I just, he said, I know you're a really smart guy, but I wanted to make sure because he said, I had one customer that dropped his Sony camera three times because he wasn't correctly locking down the ARCA control. It's true. On the, the- on the top of the platyball. <laughs> Well, th- there is there is a small learning curve, and I again I do encourage we we have a tag that's right around that ball head when it comes, and you should watch the videos. Uh, they're they're done by Larry Becker, who is the world's best photography explainer, and he just very simply goes over because it's a very very different system. If you don't know how to properly operate the clamp, as with any camera, if you don't properly operate the clamp, you may slip out a camera and 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 cause damage there. So yes, it's important to learn how to use it properly. It takes about two weeks to get used to it because it's a very, very different ball head. But once you're used to it, you're not going to want to go back to the other way uh, anymore. And uh, we, you know, I wish it was a little cheaper, but we are, you know, offering, uh, offering some holiday savings. 
Um, and I would encourage everybody to uh, to go use that. Uh, do you have a promo code? Did we uh, provide you with one for the holidays? Uh, no, I don't have one, actually. All right. I'm going to give your listeners a promo code. It's only valid till the end of the year. Uh, if they'll punch in NL20, which stands for Newsletter 20, and I'll emphasize why that's the code, NL20, they can save 20% off any individual platypod-produced product, including platyball, including platypod extreme. If you think about that, on a platypod elite, that will get a customer about $75, $78 uh, off the purchase. That's a huge savings. Oh, wow. And really, we want to put it, this into the hands of as many people as possible. Again, my apologies that it can't be even less, but the, again, our production costs are so incredibly high especially now post-COVID mm -hmm. and with all prices of metals and tran transportation going up as it, uh, as it has. Uh, why NL20? Because if anybody goes to the Platypod website, and please, after listening to this podcast, you go to platypod.com, you'll get an invitation to sign up for our newsletter. Uh, if after you see the first one or two newsletters, you don't feel that that's super helpful, then just you can unsubscribe, but each newsletter features uh, three photographers, three ideas of what you can do with your photography and with Platypod. We have announcements on there, often uh, some savings coupons. So uh, I encourage everybody, please sign up for the Platypod newsletter. It only comes out once a month. We don't do a whole bunch of mailings, uh, except maybe a little bit during holiday season. That's about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the promo code for the listeners. That's fantastic and very generous of you. And the newsletter, I absolutely love it. And just to let my listeners know, Platypod is partnered with some pretty big names in the photography industry like Scott Kelby. So you're definitely going to get a lot of valuable information in that monthly newsletter. So I highly encourage that you sign up for it. Um, and as far as, and you and I talked about this the other day in our private conversation, um, I know you, like you said, you weren't able to produce the platyballs for as cheap or as low a price point as you were hoping to initially. But to be honest, I still think it's a good value. I understand it might be a little bit expensive for a student, um, but it depends because when I was getting my photography degree, we had a certain amount of money for uh, camera equipment and lighting and stuff like that. So they could still possibly be able to cover it that way. Um, but if you honestly go online and look, a lot of the really high quality ball heads can run $600 and more. Gitzo's got some very expensive, high-quality ball heads. So does Benro, uh, Vanguard, and some of the other companies out there. I've seen ball heads go for as high as $1,100, $1,200. So I, I don't think that uh, $385 for the Elite is super expensive. Granted, it's not it's not cheap, cheap, but there's an old adage, you get what you pay for. Well, plus we we have an added advantage of, of our customer support, which I believe is unequal. Generally, you'll either get uh, Skip Cohen or myself uh, on customer support. Uh, if you just have questions of how to use it best, uh, if there's ever a problem, which there hardly ever is, uh, we back up our products, you know, very, very strongly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I did go back just to let you know, I did go ahead and watch the videos when Skip encouraged me to, even though I'd already figured out how to use it. I went ahead and watched the videos anyways. <laughs> just, were, were they helpful? Yeah, just I just <laughs> wanted to make sure I was doing everything because the one thing that did throw me off for a few seconds was 
I was like, okay, now how do the two big trigger triggers lock and unlock the ball? And then it dawned on me, oh, you just keep squeezing it. And each time you do, it adds more tension to lock the ball Correct. in the place. So we got rid of the tension knob altogether because there's a variable tension right in those buttons. And you feel it. You, you can feel it as it's getting tighter and tighter. And after a while, you know when you're locked. You don't have to test it out or anything. You know when that ball head is exactly where you want it. Exactly. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever run into this or not, but my this, the listeners of my show have heard me talk about this before. And one of the things that also always frustrated me about standard knob design ball heads. And now the ones that I was using previously to getting my Plata ball were Manfrotto BHQ2 X Pro ball heads. And mm. I, I love them. They're great ball heads. They're not cheap either. But they're, they they have the multi-knob setup, but at least when I lock the knobs down, they're truly not locked down. Now, in the past, because I do a lot of uh, photography equipment reviews, I've seen ball heads that I bought online that were not super cheap, but not super expensive, you know, $60, $80, or $100. And right. you get them, and the ball head is solid. I mean, it's made out of good materials. It's got some heft to it. It's durable, rated for... 22 pounds of equipment, but you put it on your tripod, you put your camera on it, you turn the tension knob that's supposed to lock the ball joint down as hard as you can turn it, let go, and your camera still drifts because the ball right. is still not completely locked down. I hated that, that. Yeah, that doesn't happen with Platypod. We've had uh, a few instances where people had uh, had some drift, and that was because of a factory error. They sent it, you know, sent it into us uh, at my cost, and uh, I just made an internal adjustment in there, sent it back, and they were they were perfectly fine. But that's a rare, that's a, like a one in one in three hundred uh, occurrence. But again, we do back our products up with customer service. But no, they 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 hold the equipment very very nicely. Oh, yeah, I noticed that because, I mean, the first time I took my Platyball Elite out in the field last Sunday and uh, I put my X-T4 on there with the battery grip and the largest lens I have at the time right now, which isn't, you know, one of Fuji's biggest lenses, but it's not a small one. And, yeah, you know, a few clicks of the finger and that puppy was locked down tight. My camera didn't well, move have, at all. I have to say one thing about Manfrotto and because I, I have a lot of Manfrotto equipment myself. I think they're a very fine company. Um, but they do have one fatal flaw and people have to realize this 90% of the quick release plates that are out there are Arca compatible after a Swiss, uh, the, the Swiss company, Arca, actually French company, Arca Swiss designed that about 40 years ago. So there's a certain ridge under the plate that's compatible with all Arca clamps. The Manfrotto plate is not compatible with anybody else's clamp. Yeah, there's this proprietary. And whereas the Arca, an Arca plate could be turned around 180 degrees and it still works. With Manfrotto, you got to put it in in one orientation only and that's it. You start putting it in backwards, it will not lock. I don't know why Manfrotto has not come around to the same universal ideas everybody else has so that all your quick release plates on all your cameras can fit all your tripod heads. I'm looking for universal adaptability and that's a philosophy up and down in Platypod. Like I said, the plate, everything is quarter 20 or three eighth inch. So we will fit anybody's equipment that has the basic photographic standards. So uh, there's a shout out to Manfrotto to, 
I, I think that, that that's something it's time has come to uh, to try to adapt to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think they stick with their proprietary PL200 plate because they make a lot of money selling extra plates for that system. Because they charge, well, they charge I've like been around 40, with this longer than you. I used to have their hexagon plate. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember support. those. I remember they those. They don't support anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you they something else you did with Platinball is you've got me more into Arca Swiss. I, I, I like universal things as well. One of the things I never liked about Arca Swiss and I'm not trying to tick off a lot of people out there because I know Arca Swiss is hugely popular. But one of the things I never liked about it is I didn't consider Arca Swiss a quick release system. And the reason why I say that is because on most ball heads, you got to sit there and turn 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 a large screw or screw knob that's rubber coated or whatever to tighten and loosen that clamp assembly to open and close it and get your camera body in and out. To me, that is not quick release. To me, Manfrotto's PL200, where I just drop my camera in the thing and it goes snap and locks in place. And I know it's locked because I hear the click. That's quick release. And then I just flip one lever to release it. That's quick release. However, your design for the way you open and close your Arca Swiss assembly on the Platyball, right? That's got me into Arca Swiss. Well, it's now. a quarter, it's a quarter <laughs> to a third of a twist. And exactly. That's it, and it's locked in. And you exactly. feel it ratcheting and you feel it getting tighter. Exactly. So yes. It, it, it's a it's a nice it, it it works very nice. So you brought me over to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> the bright the bright side. The, the bright, bright side. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because I absolutely love it because your way of tightening and, and loosening the Arca Swiss on the Platyball is so much faster. And I've got those clicks letting me know that it's doing its job and it's locking down. I absolutely love that. That is a fabulous design. My hat's off to you and your and your engineer coming up with all the stuff you did on the Platyball because it is just fabulous. Now, I got to ask you, and I know you alluded to this a little bit the other day and you can't give anything away, but do you have new items coming for us down the road from Platypod? We have something coming up for next year. And again, you'll hear about it if you're signed up for our newsletter because that's where the pre-announcements are going to come up first. We launch all our products usually, or all our main products on uh, Kickstarter first. Uh, because it's a great way for us to be able to finance this. I, this is a small mom and pop family business, and uh, you know it. The the financing generally comes out of my pocket and, and home equity. So Kickstarter helps a lot with this. So you'll be able to get it cheaper and quicker than the rest of the world by uh, by signing up for Kickstarter. So uh, just sign up for the newsletter. the The product for next year will be geared for macro photographers. For vloggers, it's going to be an unbelievable tool for vloggers. It's going to be relatively inexpensive, somewhere in about the $60 to $80 range. And we're going to try to keep the price as low as possible because, hey, I'm a photographer. I understand the pain of having to pay a lot for equipment. But again, we've got to meet our we've got to meet our costs and and be able to fund the people who are you know working and helping us. So. Uh, yeah, look out for that. Come sometime in the spring. It's very exciting. You'll hear about it more through platypod.com. All right. Fantastic. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? We're at just about an hour, and I don't want to keep you too long because I know you've got a lot of things going on, and we do greatly appreciate you giving us the time you have today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. 
Well, I understand that the show is not live, and I'm sure people uh, will have some questions. And just to let them know, they can either go to our website and just click on contact us or go to or send an email to service at platypod.com. And we will try to respond to your messages within 24 hours, barring uh, holidays uh, and religious holidays. Uh, otherwise, we get back really quickly, usually in the space of a few hours. Uh, so we'll be happy to answer anybody's questions. Absolutely. And uh, besides the website, do you have any uh, social media that you want to share? Sure. Check us out on Instagram. We've got, oh, over a thousand posts on Instagram, both incoming and outgoing. Uh, again, from some top photographers, we're on Facebook. So Insta Instagram, just go to uh, Platypod or Platypod Tripods. On Facebook, just at Platypod. We're on Twitter, um, at uh, the at sign Platypod Tripods, and TikTok at Platypod Tripods, all one word, and uh, you'll find a lot of information. My my personal favorite is Instagram because there's so much great stuff out there. Oh, absolutely. And we'll make sure we put all of the website and social media links in the show notes for all of our listeners as well, so they can check out all of the stuff, as well as your Smug Mug portfolio, as long as that's okay with you, that we share that with the listeners as well. Oh, sure. <laughs> all right, Larry, I appreciate your time so very much again for taking the time out to talk to me on the show today and talk about your wonderful products, which I highly endorse. Again, this is not in any way a sponsored episode. I just really believe in these products. I've been using them myself for quite a while now. And especially the platypods and absolutely love them. I love the platyball elite. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking the other night, I'm probably going to go back and get one of the ergos for the times when I don't need the level. And just because I like to always have at least two of the same style ball heads. I have two. Let, let me comment on, on that on yep. the ergo also for one second. Go ahead. Especially for people with smaller hands. Um, and I'm not going to be sexist on this or anything, but some people have smaller hands that, than others. Um, the Ergo does give you a little bit better fit if you have smaller hands. So something to consider. The Platyball Elite is a lot more robust, especially with the with the level uh, in, in the back, the leveling indicator in the back. So if you have smaller hands, I would suggest uh, Ergo as your first choice. Absolutely. And that that makes sense. Total sense. Absolutely. And I don't think that was sexist at all. Not everybody has big, giant, beefy hands like I do. <laughs> but uh, definitely going to pick up one of the ergos for myself to add to my growing collection of platypod products. <laughs> hey, Liam, use NL20 while you're there. <laughs> uh, sounds good. You'll, you'll save. Well, thank you again, Larry. You have yourself a wonderful day and a great weekend. And I hope you and your family have a fantastic Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. Thank you so much. And thank you, Liam, for host for hosting this show. It's a it's a great service that you do for your students. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That's going to wrap up episode 290 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also want to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And I will see you all again on Sunday. <laughs>